The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What is up, peeps, and welcome to episode 47 of the Fretzelmania podcast, Colin Baton Rouge. I am Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. This podcast is available on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast on all common listening platforms. And today, I will be reviewing Monday Night Raw from October 1st, 2001. Stone Cold Steve Austin is nowhere to be found. The Hurricane might have found his new sidekick. And I will also be talking about AEW Dynamite Grand Slam from Arthur Ashe in Queens, New York, which featured some of our very own here on Russell Attic Radio. Stay tuned, my friends. Before we go to 2001, where Monday Night Raw takes place from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I start singing Garth Brooks, I gotta talk here a little bit about AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. Now, at time of recording, it was the most recent episode of Dynamite. It was on the the 22nd of September at the Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York where a lot of people that uh, listen to this show or who are affiliated or were affiliated with Russell Attic Radio were there. I'm talking about two hosts of our Kings of the Rings podcast, that being the Queen Bee themselves, V.K. Murphy and Willie T were in attendance. Also, Scott Rand, shout out to uh, Scott there, Phil Cataldo, Dusty Dave, the Kings of the Rings podcast Hall of Famer himself, Dusty Dave, host of the Crossroads podcast on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. Shout out to those folks. As well as Issa, the Demon Diva herself, and probably a whole whack of other people that I must have forgotten or I realized weren't there. I have a sneaking suspicion Ant might have been there, but I'm probably wrong. Anyways, uh... That episode of Dynamite was freaking amazing. I hadn't got to watch uh, Rampage yet. Rampage is on like too late in the night for me to really watch, especially if it's going to be a two-hour show being on from 10 to 12, and I work at 7.30 the next morning. It ain't happening. And I'm very jealous of you all who were in attendance for this. I wish I could have gone, but I've only had one jab, and our borders closed, so there is no way on God's green earth I would have been able to even go. But where do we start on this historic night with, um, oh, I don't know, the ultimate dream match for the past 10 effing years? Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. Non-title match. Holy crap. I mean, this is on my match of the year list. 
like the second it was over, I, I put it on that uh, long word document that is getting longer by the week, it seems. Danielson here, he went deep into the American Dragons playbook, breaking out the regal plex and the freaking cattle mutilation, telling the ref he had till five. No, not the big E version. This is borderline heel American Dragon, Daniel Bri Brian Danielson. That is going to take some getting used to going here. He ate a snapdragon on the ramp, a super snapdragon off of the second rope. My God, how are you still alive? And eventually these two guys just clawed at each other and then time limit draw. 30 minute time limit draw. It garnered some boos, but I think it's one of those, oh, we wanted to see you go even more kind of boos. Not like the finish to Shawn Michaels versus Triple H from the Royal Rumble 2004 Last Man Standing match kind of booze. I mean, afterwards, like clockwork, I mean, you had the Elite come out and try and jump them, but Christian and the Jurassic Express came out to make the save. Yeah. Um, wow. We're building the something. We're probably getting a title match at full gear. I'm all for it. I'm all for Danielson here being the next champion. Maybe you'll transition that into a top heel in the company being the champion after that. Like, I don't know, MJF, who had a pretty good match with Brian Pillman Jr. I mean, MJF was going to the Randy Orton school of uh, getting heat off a dead guy by talking to Brian Pillman Sr. in hell. And then you get, you know, a good match out of the two. Brian Pillman Jr. is... Uh, really coming to his own here. He is the absolute spinning image of his father, right down to the mullet, the facial hair. It's as if he was cryogenically frozen like Walt Disney and brought back to life some, how long has it been? Like 25 years later. Like, holy crap, it's been that long. Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black had a pretty good match. I mean, Cody Rhodes was doing his best cosplay as... I don't know, Homestar Runner or something like that. And the Mega Yay USA, Captain America, Homestar Runner, Homelander, whatever you want to call him, Cody Rhodes, was getting all the heat from the New York crowd. And to quote Ricky, when I told him this, welcome to New York, motherfucker. <laughs> okay. I mean, Cody managed to land a crossroads, but, you know, Black didn't succumb to it, thankfully. He did this cross-legged sit spot and Cody's wife, Brandy, cross-legged sit and then flipped him off. Uh, Cody bumped into Arn and Arn kind of took umbrage with that. We're building to something here. Tajiri's black mist in the face and a black mass. And Malachi Black defeats Cody Rhodes. And I'm all for this because I despise Cody Rhodes. I hope he becomes a heel so I'll actually like him. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, me hating Cody Rhodes, but I'll like him if he's a heel. Who, who I, I was like that with another wrestler recently, and I can't quite put my finger on who that was. 
Sting and Darby had a really good tag match with FTR, and I can just imagine that Dax Hardwood and Cash Wheeler were marking out on the inside for being in the ring with one of their heroes, one of their icons, pun intended, Sting. We could be building to something between Tully and Sting, but for the love of everything holy, don't put these two 66-year-old men in a one-on-one -on -one match on pay-per-view. If you're going to do it, put it on like Dark or Dark Elevation where no one except me is going to watch it because I've been watching Dark and Dark Elevation and I really like what I see there. Uh, and in the main event, Britt Baker, DMD, retained her title against one of my new favorites or someone who has always been a favorite of mine, Ruby Soho. And yes, solely for the reason that she uses Rancid as an entrance theme. Again, if I if I watched Rampage, I'd be able to speak on it here, but I did I watched like the highlights from the CM Punk Powerhouse Hobbs match. And that was some good S pal right there. Like Powerhouse Hobbs is just something special. And it's great to see Punk in the ring. Give him the rub to all these uh all these young up and comers. It's it's really quite refreshing, actually. It's it's awesome. As I sit here wearing my brand new Best in the World CM Punk t-shirt that I finally got in the mail. And now, folks, it's time to dial up the 56k modem. Time to fire up your Sega Dreamcast one last time, because it's about to be discontinued. And go on down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana for Monday Night Raw. On October 1st, 2001. It is October 1st, 2001, and we are live from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Hey, operator, won't you put me on through? Gotta send my love down to Baton Rouge. Ah, uh, I love me some Garth Brooks. Yeah, I'm a classic rock and heavy metal guy, but Garth Brooks is a huge guilty pleasure. Also because, you know, my aunt is a huge fan of Garth Brooks, and if I be smart, Jim, she'll hit me. But, you know, by choice, I love Garth Brooks, like, honestly. And honestly, the Invasion storyline is kind of stagnant right now. I mean, it could also be tensions are an all-time high in America. Patriotism is at an all-time high in America. There are USA chants all over this show, even when they don't make sense. It could also be that the writing staff is just running out of things. You could only do so many Alliance versus WWE matches before you realize that, oh crap, we've paired everyone off against each other already. Let's do it again. And it'll be not... Not much longer, maybe another eight weeks, nine weeks before the invasion angle is over. And I actually have uh, something to announce about that at the end of the show. Kurt Angle kicks off the show with an intense promo. USA chants all over the show. And despite being Canadian, he's my American hero, damn it. And he's, he's saying that Stone Cold, is he not showing up? Or is he saying he is, and he's lying about it, to be a surprise? It's probably the latter. 
Or maybe he's just a horse's ass. We haven't seen him since Unforgiven. What's the deal, Austin? Are you ashamed? Are you hungover? And then, eventually, he gets to the Dudley Boys. And as far as they are concerned, if you smell... Rock comes out here, the WCW champion, The Rock, in the ring with the WWE champion, Kurt Angle. Do you see what's wrong with this picture, Vince? Or Bruce, or whoever the hell was writing this. And out comes WCW owner Shane McMahon. And he says that, as the owner of the WCW, I make the matches. Do you? So it'll be you, Rock, in a special handicap tables match against the Dudley Boys for the WCW title. And Kurt Angle, if you interfere, The Rock is stripped of the title. And then Paul Heyman has a really good line here. And if you're a theology major or a Christian or even familiar with the Old Testament, you'll get a good kick out of this one. King Solomon wasn't even as wise as Shane McMahon. That's funny. And then the conversation steers to Strudel, but not pastries. Strudel, The Rock has one. Stone Cold Steve Austin is one. Shane doesn't have one. And he's like, hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. I got a strudel. I got the whole damn bakery down there. Um, You know what they say about guys who brag about the size of their... <clears throat> Anyways, you can tell this is 2001 because Paul Heyman gets a fax from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Where the hell is there a phone line at commentary. How is he getting this shit? I mean, hey, cell phones were a thing in 2001. I don't think texting was. I mean, my dad had a cell phone, but it was like, you know, one of those big ass Paul Heyman brick cell phones that he literally only used on the road if something was wrong. Paul Heyman then has mic issues. And this is a fax from Stone Cold, and he's saying that I resent the remarks of saying that I'd be embarrassed not to be there or not to be the champion. And I resent that you're against me. What? And Paul Heyman actually says the what that Stone Cold sends. And eventually, you know, blah, 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 blah. If you smell, doodly, doodly, do. Oh, and uh, Kurt Angle is defending the WWE title against Shane McMahon because Shane McMahon challenged him to a match. Yeah. Um, okay. King of the Ring 2001, here we go again. We see a clip from SmackDown where the Hurricane rescues, kidnaps Molly Holly, puts her in the Hurricycle, and, uh, Heyman calls it a Hurricane Davidson. <laughs> okay, you know, that, that's good. Once in a while, Paul Heyman can have some gems on commentary. We have Spike Dudley versus the Hurricane for the European Championship. And for some reason during this match, Mike Awesome gets involved. I haven't seen him in a while. Interferes in this match. Spike manages to take him out. The Hurricane dons the cape. Paul Heyman says that he can leap tall cruiserweights in a single bound. He is faster than a lucha locomotive. And then Mike Awesome 
gets involved here and then Spike, with the distraction here, eats a rope-assisted Eye of the Hurricane. Imagine a Randy Orton DDT version of the Eye of the Hurricane or the side effect, if you will. And then afterwards, they bolt. The Hurricane bolts to the back. And then he says, Sidekick, come quick! And oh my gosh, Molly Holly has become Mighty Molly. Holy double cross, Hurricane! Quick! To the Hurricycle! The Hurricane has his new sidekick. Molly has dumped Spike. And he is just dumbstruck. Sad. Walking up the ramp. And then Big Show from WWF New York just pops up like, Hey! Hey, Spike, I just saw what uh, she did to you, man. Hey, don't get down. Uh, I'm with WWE New York, and we know how to party. And I'm going to show you a night of the town you'll never forget. Woo! I don't know why I made Big Show sound like Barney Gumble here, but here we go. Yeah, uh, just like that, Spike and Wally are through. And apparently the Big Show is going to be that friend who's like, Barney Stinson after, you know, Ted Mosby breaks up with Robin Trubotsky for the 37th time. It's like, have you met Ted? Have you met Spike? Backstage, Tori Wilson is doing her hair and makeup when Stacy just bops right in front of her, uses her mirror and tells Tori that you have one chance to back out of our match. And Tori's like, let me think about that for a minute. Slap! That could have been way, way better. But moving on, there is a Stephanie McMahon injury update. Insert RNN music here. On SmackDown, in a match between Chris Jericho and Rob Van Dam, Stephanie gets locked in the walls, gets accidentally stinger splashed in the corner by Rob Van Dam, gets flying forearmed in the face by Chris Jericho, and Mike Awesome is all jacked up about this. And backstage here in a bit, Shane McMahon blames Rob Van Dam for this. And then, after Stacy attacks Tori again, she also attacks Lillian, who is talking to Tori. And Lillian just starts spouting off in Spanish. And it sounded very frightening. I don't want to be on her bad side. Lillian Garcia sent me a cameo for my birthday last year, so thanks, Nate. <laughs> that is, of course, what you hear at the start of every Fretzelmania podcast, so a big shout-out to both Nate, the effing great, and Lillian Garcia. The Dudley Boys versus The Rock in a handicap match for the WCW title. And The Rock here wastes no time bolting to the ring and this is your typical Dudley Boys-esque match with a was up headbutt a 3DB you know the back suplex neck breaker move here but there is no table The Rock beals Bubba Ray Dudley off the top rope but Devon moves the table at the last minute and it is in this match that I start hearing some very very loud fans not people but like it sounds like a very loud compressor or an air conditioner going off and i heard it throughout 
the rest of the entire show. It kind of grinded my gears just a little bit here. There is a 3D denied. Shane McMahon interferes and puts The Rock through the table with a spine buster, but there is no referee. Eventually, Kyoto comes to the ring here. He levels Charles Robinson, takes an amazing bump, and The Rock, with The Rock bottom, on Bubba, through the table, and The Rock retains. This was just a messy shenanigans, kind of a boring match, and I shouldn't be saying that about the Dudley Boys or The Rock during this time. Backstage, DDP talks about yoga. So this is where it begins. Uh, DDP does some stretches, ones that make my fuse spine absolutely cringe. And he's like, every morning, I give myself a warm hello. I almost thought he said warm welcome. Do not look that up on Urban Dictionary. Don't do it. Don't do it. This, no, my knee is injured, but it is getting stronger. I love rehab, and I love yoga. And then he encourages fans to get their lazy butts off the couch and do some yoga. And he's like, I like me. You like me. And I'm going to make you like you. And just his facials. You, you saw his big poo-eating grin as my logo for last week's podcast, and it's just weird. And JR says that liking rehab is weird. I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pull, Jim Ross. And speaking of which, this is where I'm going to take a quick commercial break. When I come back, I have, well, the rest of Raw. That's, that's all I can say. This show is... Nothing but filler. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. Holy sidekick, hurricane. It's Mighty Molly. Welcome back, citizens, to Fretzelmania. And this portion of the show is brought to you by our Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio. Gets you access to shows not found on our normal feed. Like Fretz's Faye 5, the 20 Bell Salute, Willie T's Wrestle Wars, Tales of an Epic Nature with King Ricky Rose, Light the Fuse with Mr. YLP, and 15% off of our merch on Spring. Links will be below the description of this podcast. Tajiri and Tori Wilson versus Taz and Stacy Keebler is brought to you. By The Mummy Returns on DVD, starring Brendan Fraser and The Rock, who is in it for like five seconds, The Youth Smoking Prevention Program, and Starburst. Tajiri slaps Stacy's bum, lucky guy, tags in Tori Wilson, we get the usual catfight, without Joey Styles calling the action here. Behind the referee's back, in amongst this chaos, also while Tajiri is locking Taz in the tarantula, Ivory DDT's Tory and the Alliance wins. Paul Heyman receives yet another fax from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Referring to JR, 
who through this entire night has been calling Stone Cold a coward, a man who lacks self-respect, and a bully. He would like to remind us, Steve, that he is not a coward. He does not lack self-respect, and he's not a bully. And further words from Jim Ross will result in me stomping a mud hole in his ass and walking it dry. Backstage in Commissioner Regal's office, Ivory is there already. It's like, who do you think you are? And then throughout this whole thing, Ivory starts hitting on Commissioner Regal, saying, like, are you a top? Pointing to her tits. Are you a bottom? Turns around, and there's a little heart-shaped hole on her pants at the very tip top of her ass crack. Like a little window there. And Regal says, you'll catch a draft in bloody pneumonia, you filthy, disgusting scrotum. Lance walks in and is like, so instead of running the WWF, you're back here ogling, ogling Ivory. I should call the authorities for sexual harassment. And Regal's like, yeah, I'll show you harass harassment. Get in the ring and I'll give you a good hiding. Get out of here, you po-faced pillock, and take this disgusting troll up with you. I friggin' love British insults. Jermaine, can you help me out with these ones, man? Send me a DM or something, because, oh, I, I just love these. I, I love these British isms by Regal. You can tell I listen to a lot of Cultaholic, especially with uh, Matthew Gregg and Tom Campbell. Just this, these things are outrageous. Christian comes out to the ring here, cutting a promo. The usual heel whining about a lack of respect. He makes fun of the French-speaking population of Baton Rouge. They break out in, in an LSU chant. He's like, hey, uh, why don't you try and be like, you know, you're trying to be like the French. Why don't you be like a bit less like them and try le deodorant? He's egging on the fans, saying, you know, why are you crapping on me? This invites X-Pac out to the ring. I also hate the fans. I was in Degeneration X. He doesn't refer to DX. I was in the most popular group in wrestling history, and then I went out on my own, and you still say I suck. They turned on me too, so they're both having a strop about the fans. It's going like, shame, shame, shame. You think you know me, think you know me. Now, this invites Edge out to the ring with his kick-ass, brand-new, never-gonna-stop-by-Rob-Zombie theme on Rob Zombie's upcoming album in November. Now, this isn't Metalingus, but it's almost as good, and it's gonna do until Ultra Bridge is a thing some three years after this. Edge retorts to these two whining little whiners by saying to X-Pac, hanging out with cool people doesn't automatically make you cool. And I've never felt so attacked in my entire life. <clears throat> and then with the best line of this whole thing, 1998 called and they're sick and tired of you. So come and join us in 2001, you know, 
as soon as you can. Christian says to him, you're pretty cocky for a guy who got his ass kicked at Unforgiven. And Edge is like, you seriously wonder why people hate you? Is it because you're annoying? Is it because you suck? Or because you're a jealous, bitter, paranoid coward who, after years of therapy, still wets the bed? And out comes Albert to jump Edge. Holy crap! No X-Factor! No, no, no. Without Just Incredible, without Uncle Cracker, without Abram Bump putting this over, it's not X-Factor. But anyways, APA come out to even the odds. Backstage, Kurt Angle stretches. And JR has a thought out loud about, Ah, oh, damn it, Steve's here, isn't he, Paul? You know something. Steve's gonna be here. Lance Storm versus William Regal. This is a very quick match that William Regal wins with the Regal stretch. Bloody nose and all from an errant boot after... Irish whipping Lance in the corner. Lance reverses with a big old hoof in the face, and it looks like it might have broken Regal's nose. After this match, Paul answers another fax. This one is about Commissioner William Regal. <clears throat> I, Stone Cold, believe that Commissioner Regal should do the right thing and strip Kurt Angle of the WWE title or name me the number one contender. And William Regal responds with, Relay this, sunshine. <laughs> Slap! Backstage, Taz interviews, Tough Enough winner, and Ruthless Aggression era podcast favorite, and RA era podcast favorite, the UK variant of the Ruthless Pod, Main Event... Maven. And Taz here is showing some respect to Maven, which is kind of odd to see. And says that you're going to have your first match on SmackDown. And your opponent is going to be coming through this door right now. And he uses this distraction to lock in the Taz mission. Your opponent is me. <laughs> We're getting main event Maven a lot sooner than, than I thought. <laughs> Let's go. Backstage, Shane and RVD have a chat. It's about the whole Stephanie McMahon situation. It's like, what did you tell Stephanie? I asked her not to do me any favors. Shane asks for the same thing. I don't want you to do me any favors tonight either. Shane McMahon is going to win the WWE title and does the Shane O. Mac to the RVD thumbtack taunt. Which leads into Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon for the WWE title. This match is a whole bunch of shenanigans up and down, left and right, inside and outside of the ring. A rematch from their legendary King of the Ring contest earlier in the year, but nowhere near as good, not even close. I still heard those loud-ass fans, compressors, air conditioner units, whatever it was. They sounded like the Hypno Toad from Futurama. Eventually, Shannon McMahon 
does delay the SmackDown DDT, the top rope elbow, but it is not enough to put away the Olympic gold medalist. Angle is knocked to the outside, and Rob Van Dam comes out of nowhere here to five-star frog splash Kurt Angle from the apron. It looked more like a one-star frog splash. No favors, huh? Hmm. Okay. But eventually, Shane is rolled back into the ring. Kurt Angle locks in the ankle lock. Shane taps, and still the WWE champion, Kurt Angle. What did I remember from the show? That is the Double Cross by Mighty Molly. Joining the Hurricane in their crusade against the WWE. The Hurricycle. Everything about this. I love the Hurricane storyline. Now he has a sidekick. And I also specifically remember the big show trying to cheer up Spike by like, Hey, let's go on a night on the town. Woo! I forgot Maven was here. Main event Maven, if you will. I thought we didn't get to see him until like Survivor Series, World Rumble 02, or somewhere in that era. And what would I change? Maybe Steve Austin appearing at this show at the very end, revealing, you know, it's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. Sending the faxes or something like that. Yeah, this show was just weird. There was a lot of filler. And I could tell the wheels were starting to spin and that this invasion angle was almost going nowhere. I mean, we get winner take all at Survivor Series not long from now, but after that, it's just done. So I'm going to be revealing something to you folks uh, right here, right now. I'm going to be reviewing Monday Night Raws until the night after Survivor Series where Ric Flair joins the WWE, becomes the part owner, the consortium, and we go from there to the brand split eventually. So between late November and mid to late January, maybe even into February, because there's going to be a couple of weeks off for the holidays, there's going to be a best of 2021 episode in there somewhere, I'm going to be reviewing some classic WCW pay-per-views. Consider this my epilogue to the invasion angle. I'm going to be going back to WCW's past to give you some absolute classics. One that I just want to review. One that is simply fascinating and one that I've seen before but just want to talk about. Most of these I've never seen. So these post-invasion reviews are as follows. Starcade 1983, the first Starcade, the Flair for the Gold, Ric Flair versus Harley Race. 1989's Chi Town Rumble, featuring the absolute classic between Ric Flair and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Halloween Havoc 1990. We are into the Turner area here now. World Championship Wrestling is born. And we main event with Sting versus the Black Scorpion. <coughs> Beach Blast, 1993. Sting and the British Bulldog versus the Masters of the Powerbomb. 
Sid Vicious, and Big Van Vader. Also, Lord Steven Regal, Johnny B. Bad, and the Hollywood Blondes. And to cap this all off, something that ironically, kind of, sort of, began the end of WCW, the beginning of the end of WCW, Bash at the Beach 1996, the formation of the New World Order. And hey, maybe way down the line, if I'm still podcasting in a couple of years, and I'm past the SmackDown 6, maybe the NWO is a future storyline. What do you think? What do you think of these post-invasion reviews? Do you have any classic WCW pay-per-views that you would like me to review? If I have time, I'll squeeze one or two in. Send me a DM on Twitter. If you're in our Patreon group chat, send me a message in there. By the way, join our group chat. I have a Facebook page. You can go to facebook.com slash fretzelmania. I just put my podcast links in there every week. I don't really interact on there much. Although I have over 200 and something likes, I think half of them are from like fake profiles. I'm not entirely sure. So yeah, that, that's my plan. Post-invasion, folks. And that's going to take me to about the brand split. And when we get there, it's all SmackDown, baby. So that has been it for this one. Thank you very much for listening. Join us on Russell Attic Radio. Follow us at addict underscore wrestle on Twitter, wrestle addict radio on Instagram. Listen to the Kings of the Rings podcast, the delight show and the young lions perspective, as well as me fretzelmania. Until then folks have a wonderful week. I might be getting my second vax. I don't know if it's this week or next week. So I might record another podcast right after this just in case, you know, a side effect happens. Knock on wood that it doesn't, that this doesn't affect me that well because I'm kind of scared. Anyways, God bless y'all. I love y'all. Peace.